0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Trawski.
1: I'm Kevin Bailey.
0: And this week we are talking about some action exploitation with Crank from 2006, directed by oh these two guys with hard names, Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor.
1: <laughs> My name is Chev Chelios, and today is the day that I die. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I've been poisoned with some kind of Chinese synthetic. You've got to do something for me, dog. They gave you the Beijing cocktail. It's cutting off your adrenaline. If you stop, you die. Now, I've got one hour to settle a score. Say goodbye to my girl. And go out with a little style. All I have to do is stay alive long enough to make it happen. Juice me. Clear? Place for I don't know what we is. You're so stressed out. What's the matter? I need to tell you something. I'm a professional head man.
0: if you're gonna break up with me, at least you can tell me the
1: truth. Wait. Now come on.
0: the unidentified man behind today's mayhem is making his last stand
1: Kev Chelios, and today's the day. Yes, the, that, those guys.
0: Well, they directed Crank 2, and Ghost Rider 2.
1: I actually liked the second Ghost Rider movie. I actually haven't seen either of them. It's cheesy, but like, look, it's the first one I felt like it took itself, obviously we're immediately off topic, as, as we're want to do, but... The first one uh, is, take this off a little too serious, and i opinion, and the second one just literally batshit insane.
0: Much like Crank. Yes. So Crank opens with a statham cam.
1: Yeah, first person. I'm glad that the whole movie isn't uh, like that, because it would be very disorienting. Oh,
0: there is a movie like that,
1: though. Yeah, I, well, I know the last, like, 15 minutes of Doom is like that.
0: There's this movie, it's called, like, Hardcore Henry or something, and the entire movie is that first person action.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know if I could watch that. It's a cool idea, though.
0: I mean, there's a uh, Gaspar Noe movie called Enter the Void, where it's all point of view from somebody, but that person's dead. So oh. it's, like, ghost point of view for most of the movie.
1: It's a little better than running yeah. full speed.
0: Because he's statham here he's playing Chev Chev chelios and he ain't feeling so good and he finds a dvd that just says fuck you on it
1: that's usually not what you want to wake up to
0: and he puts it on and it's some gangster named ricky verona saying i've injected you with the chinese shit and you're you're dead you're, you're gonna die
1: and it's some sort of synthetic poison that they never bother to explain and, and, and don't really need to. It's not that kind of movie. And,
0: yeah, this movie is not concerned about point, you know, or story or backstory. Um,
1: it's just this, loo- loose to keep uh, the action going.
0: Yes, this movie is only about the action, and that's why it's action exploitation. You, you got this high-tech synthetic sci-fi Chinese bullshit, go. Yep. We don't ever have to explain it.
1: You're dying, and you need to keep moving to keep your heart pumping, and that's all we need to do. Yeah,
0: because uh, apparently they they do some attempts to try to explain this drug, like being an inhibitor for adrenochrome or whatever it is. But basically, he has to just keep moving
1: because uh, the adrenaline keeps... It's some sort of adrenaline blocker, so you has gotta, like, do crazy shit in order to mm-hmm. keep the adrenaline from causing his heart to, you know, uh, keep it going away and his heart stopping. And
0: Ricky Verona on the DV tells him, have yourself a nice death, and Chev loses his shit, and it's just weird cinematography
1: here. Oh, I love it. It's nuts. Yeah, that's literally my note. The cinematography is nuts.
0: Yeah, it's a bunch I of freeze it. frames. He's fucking his whole apartment up, destroys his TV, and it's all distorted freeze frames. To, he runs outside.
1: To one of my favorite songs, New Noise but I Refused. It's so fucking good. I love that song so much.
0: Oh, I just put rock music in the note. I didn't know the song.
1: Oh yeah, I love, that whole album's great. The Shape, uh, what is it called? The Shape of Punk to Come, I believe it's called. Huh. The Refuse is a Swedish, like, avant-garde punk band. They're fucking great.
0: Well, insert clip of music here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I put like frantic editing, oh my god, because it's just, and you got to get used to it because the whole movie is this way.
1: Yeah, I love it. It's amazing.
0: And we get these, like, zooms in on his chest and we see his heart pumping or not pumping, as the the scene demands, but we see it
1: several times. It's going up and down to remind us of the the inevitability.
0: Yes, he's got a, a ticking biological clock
1: and he can't wind it by doing nutty shit. But.
0: And so he immediately calls his girlfriend
1: Eve, who apparently doesn't have a cell phone.
0: I know, it's these the 2006 and he goes to an actual voice ma- an answering machine, not even voicemail, a literal
1: machine. And uh and he does tell her I wish you'd get a cell phone.
0: That's his only message is just get a cell phone, <laughs> and then he hangs up.
1: Which I mean is fair.
0: And so he calls up his doctor, who's in Vegas,
1: having a uh, having a good time, played by Dwight Yoakam of all people.
0: Yeah, which I didn't even want to believe until I was talking to to Mike, and he's like, "That's Dwight Yoakam." I'm like, "No, it's not. It's some dude."
1: <laughs> no, that's that's Dwight Yoakam. Ran- random casting, but actually he's pretty good in the movie.
0: Yep, and then we get uh he calls up his his sidekick, which is one of the most interesting characters.
1: Yeah, this poor bastard.
0: Uh what's his name? Kaplo? Kalo. Kalo. Okay, Kalo is out well he was out gay clubbing all night long.
1: Yeah he was. Yeah, living the living living their best life.
0: Kalo is absolutely fucking gorgeous. I love this character. Oh yeah. I did not think that Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite would be that hot.
1: Yep, that's that's who who plays Kalo here.
0: Yeah, and you know he can't do anything. He's like, oh yeah, yeah I was out gay clubbing in drag, so so whatever. Yep,
1: yep. oh they're they having a good time. I
0: was like, yeah, why not? And and you know what? He's not mad. And it's so weird with this movie because this movie is high testosterone. Okay. Yes. This movie is very toxic masculinity, but his his best friend is this super flamboyant gay guy, and he never even mentions it.
1: Yeah. He uses some uh, language later, but I think it's just to get under Verona's skin. We can bring that up when the, the scenes happen, but... Uh, yeah. Because he knows that Verona is this super homophobe. <laughs>
0: Verona might be gay is the impression
1: I got, and Jeff yeah. knows this. <laughs> right, but doesn't doesn't want to admit it, and so he keeps needling him with it. Yep,
0: yeah. and so he goes to see Orlando. Yep. Yeah. Who is this black guy, kind of looks like Tracy Morgan, but isn't Tracy Morgan.
1: Yeah, uh, yep, and it's in a, a very, uh, very much a black bar.
0: It's a black
1: biker bar. <laughs> yep.
0: And so he goes to the bathroom to threaten him, trying to find out where's Ricky Verona. I gotta find Ricky Verona. And he's he's starting So Apparently to...
1: Orlando had, yeah. Apparently Orlando had done a job with him. Yeah,
0: but Orlando can't help him with info. Um, however, at this point, Jeff is starting to realize how this drug he's been injected with works. And he's like, "Can I get some coke?"
1: <laughs> he needs a medicinal cocaine which in this case is actually true
0: yeah which he he's starting to lose consciousness drops it to the ground and he just snorts it like right off
1: the bathroom floor not clean but whatever you got to do do what you got to do to keep going yeah and um
0: it's not quite enough, but he realizes that it's the adrenaline. So what he does is he goes into this black bars. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna kick some black ass. Who wants white meat just to get his blood pumping by fighting all these people?"
1: Yeah. And um, so he gets in the car.
0: He gets in the car. This. Oh no, he has not gone to the convenience store yet.
1: <laughs> no, he's in the yeah. He's in the car. And uh he's driving he ends up driving through a mall at this point, his doctor calls him back,
0: yeah, his doctor calls him back, and it's like, "Why aren't you dead?"
1: He's like, "What are you doing right now? Driving through a mall'
0: <laughs> Just driving through a mall, and it's it's not quite on the level of the Blues brothers mall chase, but it's good,
1: but he does it's a good one, but he he does end up uh, laying his car sideways on an escalator, and probably the only time you'll see that, hopefully.
0: Yeah, and he just walks away, still talking on the cell phone. And then I have a line written here, but I don't know who says it.
1: Yeah, he gets into a cab at this point.
0: Yeah, and there's a line here. Put on here. some achy
1: breaky heart, because...
0: Oh, yes, we'll get to that. But this line that I wrote down says, You haven't been tight since your brother fucked you in third grade.
1: Uh, Oh, okay, so Verona, he... he he gets on the phone with Verona somehow.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: And, and uh, he's he's like, "You're gonna." His I can't remember the name of his boss, but he's like, "His boss is, my boss is gonna kill you." And he's like, "Nah, we're tight. We're tight now." And then that's what he says. You haven't been tight <laughs>
0: since, <laughs> since your since brother, your brother <laughs> fucked you in third grade. Yeah, and that's more of the um, baiting the homophobia.
1: Yeah. You have to understand, like, if you see the lines out of context, it seems really like, well, man, that's, like, homophobic. But if you know, like, Verona's personality, then you go, oh, yeah, he's just getting under his skin. Because Verona's the one that, you know, gave him the shit. So he's just going to fuck with him the whole movie.
0: Yeah, and then he gets in the cab.
1: And fucking that achy, breaky heart. He's trying to get all pumped up to breaking here. I'm like, how does anybody get pumped up to this fucking
0: song? Yeah, he tells him, crank that music! And it's fucking Break and he's just trying. He's like fist-pumping and everything. The cabbie's giving him weird looks. Yeah. And, you know, it's not working, so they go to the convenience store that he robs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... So that... Grabs a bunch of Red Bull and Monster Energy drinks and just starts slamming them. Oh yeah, he grabs a bunch of those like Five Hour Energy drinks too. Apparently those ex- I don't I didn't remember Red Bull and Monster existing in two thousand six, but I guess they did. I
0: know Red Bull did.
1: Yeah, Red Bull's been around a lot longer than some of the others, but I, apparently that was already a thing by the end of my college career. That I don't know that was a long time ago. My brain doesn't uh, remember much. I
0: mean, before that was just Jolt Cola that tasted like diarrhea.
1: Oh, yes, Jolt Cola. Surge? was That, that was a thing?
0: Surge Dude, was right? a thing, yeah. The, the problem, though, is you can... If you drink too many energy drinks, it starts to have the opposite effect. The movie doesn't go into that.
1: If I recall correctly, at work one time, uh, you were slamming a few too many five-hour energies, and uh, it didn't turn out well for you.
0: No, I, I damn near passed out.
1: Yeah, I, I recall that. I think he had to go home. You were not feeling good.
0: Yeah, and so there's no antidote for this thing. He, and he's going to Carlito's penthouse.
1: Yeah, that's his boss, Carlito. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. we should probably establish that Chev that is, a, is a hitman.
0: Yes, he is a hitman. We did, Why didn't we establish that? I don't know. That? That's
1: like the first, first thing we should establish. Dude's a hitman.
0: Yeah, he's a hit, man, and the reason Verona's killing him is because Chev has allegedly done a hit on Wong, or whatever his name is.
1: Who's a a triad.
0: Yeah, a triad. And, and so, apparently
1: it's piss, pissed off his triad bosses, and now it's given, given too much heat. Yeah, so that's why
0: Chev has to go.
1: And this, of course, was a hit ordered by Carlito. I would like to point that out.
0: And so, yeah, he goes up to Carlito's penthouse, and he's threatening Carlito around, and Carlito's like, no, man, you're dead. Get the fuck out of my house. And they jump in the pool.
1: Yeah, he's like, he's like, eh, I mean, this is actually helpful because this is going to take some of the heat off of me.
0: Yep. And so he leaves the penthouse, and the cab driver's like, you can't get in my cab all dripping wet. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, you want to test me? And he throws the cab driver out, who is, by the way, Middle Eastern. Yeah. And just starts screaming, Al-Qaeda! Al-Qaeda!
1: this was because, 2006.
0: And poor cab driver's like, no, 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 I love Bush!
1: <laughs> well, I mean, he wants to steal his car without, uh, without drawing too much attention.
0: Yeah, so now... Kind of. Yeah, the doctor tells him he has to get ephedrine, which Chev has trouble remembering that name for a bit. I'm like, it's the Epi in EpiPen.
1: To be fair, to be fair, Chev's not exactly in the best mental state at this point, given the fact that he's dying slowly from Chinese synthetic shit. And And he
0: um, is taking just nothing but energy drinks and cocaine to keep moving.
1: Driving through malls, throwing cabbies out, robbing convenience stores, doing whatever he can
0: um before he can get that ephedrine he meets up with Kalo.
1: oh yes Kalo has found
0: a taco store
1: <laughs> a taco, yes first the taco store but then notice is that uh his brother is in a the club or bar across the street whatever it is
0: and Kalo was wearing a belly shirt and hot pants
1: <laughs> as one does
0: Yes, and so they go after the brother. Kalo's got a, a rolling pin.
1: Yeah. Not super effective, but...
0: it's Yeah. Verona's brother comes out with the gun, and, uh... Chev cuts the dude's hand off with the gun still in it.
1: Yep. I mean, it was good, good use of the cleaver there.
0: You know, kills them, and Kalo's all covered in blood and shocked here. And... He uses the severed hand with the gun to kill the dude. Yep. (laughs) Like, he doesn't even take the hand off of the gun
1: first. I mean, that takes too much time.
0: Yep. And so he's off to the hospital.
1: Yeah, he calls Verona first to taunt him some more. Tell him that he killed his brother.
0: He tells him he killed his brother, and he took his brother's medallion.
1: Yep, that apparently was their father's. He says he's going to sell it to some random whore.
0: He does a lot more of the homophobia and and drops the F-word.
1: Yep. Just mostly because it just drives Verona completely up the wall.
0: Yeah, he's just doing it to taunt him. I don't think he really is, like, being homophobic. He just knows that
1: That Verona Verona hates it, and it just triggers him so hard.
0: (laughs) And so he's off to the hospital to try and get some ephedrine. And so he just walks right into the pharmacy and is like, can I have some ephedrine?
1: (laughs) And the pharmacist is like, no.
0: (laughs) But wait here while I go get the cops and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And there's a tweaker there that tells him to just take the
1: nasal spray. You just snort this shit. (laughs) Do you know who that tweaker is? Looks familiar.
0: Chester Bennington.
1: Oh, (laughs) late uh, Lincoln Park singer.
0: Yes, the late Linkin Park vocalist is the one there telling him, just take the nasal spray. Rip. <laughs> um, he apparently not- has a, uh, another cameo in Crank 2, oh. which I don't know. I haven't seen Crank 2.
1: I've not seen Crank 2 either.
0: Uh, when we get to the end of this, we'll discuss a bit of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just goes on this big thing with the cops and the you know, big fight in the hospital.
1: A lot of uh, Jason Statham's ass is involved.
0: Yes, because he disguises himself in a hospital gown,
1: and uh, took all decided to go full in on the method acting on the uh, <laughs> the hospital patient as he escapes because he gets yeah. completely nude under the hospital gown.
0: <laughs> yeah, like in most movies, they take a nurse's uniform. Yep, he nope. takes hospital
1: the hospital gown. gown. Hospital and... gown, bare ass.
0: He, um, finally sees, you know, these paramedics bringing in somebody, like, some gunshot victim or something.
1: Yeah, he's getting rushed to, like, surgery or some shit.
0: And he just takes them, he doesn't necessarily take them hostage, he lets them keep going where they're going, but he's got the gun, just like, give me the ephedrine, just running along with them.
1: And the, uh, the the nurse is like, I can't find, I don't know where, he's like (laughs) under pressure trying to find this fucking needle.
0: They, they finally, like, they, like, end up knocking the whole crash cart and the gurney over. Poor patient is there with oxygen going, fuck yo!
1: For good reason.
0: He gets the ephedrine. Yeah, he's being an asshole. He's taking his hospital cart hostage.
1: Yeah, I mean, what did he do?
0: And he gets the ephedrine. But before he does that, he asks the paramedic to juice him.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, hit him with the uh, with the defibrillator.
0: Yeah, which he does. And it throws him into the elevator, it just like knocks him all the way back. Where he takes all the ephedrine. Yeah,
1: which is a lot more than his doctor told him to take.
0: Yeah, his doctor was like 10 cc's. 10 syringes? Okay! <laughs>
1: just shoots it all in. And he is wired now. Yeah, um, he gets a call now for the airphone Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a thing back in 2006.
0: Yeah, yeah, he gets the, the doctor's on the phone in the airplane. At, well, Meanwhile, Chev is flipping out, running all through town in this hospital gown.
1: Raging gets, hard on. Huge, huge hard on, which apparently is a side effect for shooting up that much.
0: Yeah, and the doctor's like, "You, you probably have a, a hard on right now, right?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah, I do." And he's just standing in the street in this fucking hospital gown.
1: Well, he sees the TV where they're talking about his antics and have a really bad police sketch of him.
0: Yeah, that they 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 kind of recognize him not from the police sketch, but other than. This man is wearing nothing but a hospital gown that apparently he's got this huge dick. This <laughs> giant.
1: <laughs> he's wearing a hospital gown and an erection. Yeah. And then he he just steals a motorcycle. Yeah, from a cop. Steals a cop's motorcycle. And just um,
0: to, to keep his heart pumping, he just starts doing these bare-ass motorcycle
1: stunts. He's just standing on the back of a motorcycle, ass hanging out. Yeah. And then he goes crashing, crashing through a table like a Bills fan on Sundays.
0: And he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And Eve wakes up at this point. His girlfriend forgot she was in this. Yeah. And she's like, oh, did you call?
1: Yeah, she slept in, apparently.
0: Well, she's also kind of a stoner.
1: Yeah, she she's she uh, definitely enjoys a good uh, some good marijuana.
0: Because that's what she's doing once he finally shows up at her apartment, and he offers she offers him some, which he's like, "Oh hell no," <laughs> that's the opposite
1: of what he needs.
0: Yeah, and she's like, "Oh go ahead, make some waffles," and what he does is he just smashes his hand in the waffle iron.
1: I, I, As someone who has just touched a hot waffle iron with his knuckle before and had a scar, like, forever, uh, I can't imagine doing that. It hurt like hell just nicking it.
0: And the whole thing is Eve has no clue that he is a hitman.
1: Right, he uh, has told her that he is a video game developer.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, Verona has sent his people
1: to kill Eve. Right, because he's really mad at... Uh, really salty about Chev's antics at this point. Yeah.
0: And Chev being alive is pissing him off. Right. Well, he should have just killed him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I know at one point here cause there, he's fighting like off camera, you know, outside of Eve's vision who she apparently doesn't even have peripheral vision.
1: Yeah, he like, well... He knocks her purse down, and she's, like, trying to gather her purse stuff up, and presumably she's somewhat stoned, so not really focusing. Meanwhile, he's having, like, a fist fight in the background.
0: And I know he he fires his gun with a silencer and misses and just kills a fucking parakeet in somebody's apartment. Yeah,
1: just, yeah, just, just... Also, silencers do not work like that. They are not nearly that quiet.
0: No, they are not. But also Eve might just be that it does, stoned.
1: <laughs> I think she could be extremely stoned, yeah.
0: But they go to a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown.
1: Yeah, we are in LA, by the yep. way.
0: We are in LA. We we didn't establish that. We should have we should have started by saying Chef Chelios is a hitman in LA. <laughs>
1: yeah, we should have done that. But we did bring up Caleb being at a taco truck. I thought it was just implied at that point.
0: Yeah. Because we don't have those here anymore.
1: They're not common outside of, like, near, well, near Mexico. <laughs> um, but he's trying
0: to explain to Eve what he does for a living, and she has the fucking hiccups. Yeah. But he explains Don Kim is the name of the
1: triad. He's correct. Korean, apparently, and I'm not exactly sure how. I don't know the. I don't know the triad power structure, so I couldn't tell you if that's normal or not.
0: And he tells the story that he went to go kill Don Kim and decided not to, and told Don Kim to stay hidden for 48 hours so everyone believes that I killed you because he made the decision to give up his life of hit to be with Eve, Th- this annoying, stupid stoner woman. <laughs>
1: Not that annoying. (laughs) So it's Amy Smart.
0: Yeah. Um, And she doesn't buy his stuff for a minute. And then they leave the restaurant and we get the worst scene in the movie that other people think is the best scene in the movie.
1: You think it's... I, I think it's the best scene in the movie.
0: Well, he's like, let's have sex right here, right here in the street. And he's wrestling with her to do it. And she's like, no, no, I don't want this. So at this point, it's rape. That's true. That he basically forces himself on her when she's saying, no, 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 I don't want this. Does We go full on Emmanuel film here because now she's into it.
1: That's true. Also, I do like that the uh, little Chinese kid smacking his mom's hand away so you can see Amy smarts booba. Yeah, because he's pulled
0: her blouse at uh, the top of her dress down a bit. And he's bent her over a newspaper stand because those still existed in two thousand
1: six. She's uh, a and, and Eve's giving him shit because now he can't get it up. Yeah, because uh, it is hard when people are watching you. you know?
0: And also, he's been taking fucking drugs all
1: day—cocaine, who knows? But there's a bunch of uh, schoolgirls on a bus, and apparently
0: that—that's
1: what well, he wants to perform. Yeah, and that's
0: what gets him. He's <laughs> like, yeah, and he's you know, having sex with her against this newspaper stand and a crowd is cheering for them. And he's screaming, I'm alive! Which is true for the moment. You know, they they leave. Like, they do this. He's invigorated and they move on. Well, no, he gets a call from Uh, Kalo.
1: Kalo has has apparently found
0: Verona now. Yes, apparently found Verona and he's at they're at Don Kim shirt factory. So he just tells he tells Eve, Hey, I gotta go now and he gets in this cab. And the one thing that we didn't talk about is anytime he moves we get this huge aerial shot of Los Angeles like Google oh, Maps. Yeah. It yeah. <laughs> and it'll zip across town to zoom in to where we're going. And we do that. We're going all the way from Chinatown to fucking Malibu here.
1: It's a bit of a drive. Yeah,
0: and it was $5.55 for the cab.
1: Ah, 2006. It
0: was like, how the fuck?
1: But he gives him the Haitian shit.
0: I was out on a date recently and we took an Uber to go 4 blocks and it was
1: 8.50. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh... Inflation, such a this bitch. guy
0: traveled the extent of Los Angeles for five dollars.
1: He does give give the cat maybe like a hundred bucks, though. To be fair,
0: yet died. The fact that this man don't tell anybody that I'm on all these drugs.
1: That's Right. Well, and the guy gave him some some hallucinogen or something.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, the dude gives him this hallucinogen that. Just, he just starts tripping out, but it's not like... The,
1: the really good Haitian shit. Yeah. Which apparently... Stuff will get you fucked up.
0: Because... he does. Chev at this point is like, I'm gonna die. He's just keeping himself alive long enough to kill Verona. Like, yeah, he's, he's accepted much. that he's gonna die. And, um...
1: Yeah, he's literally just keeping himself going to get his, his revenge...
0: And so, like, when the cabbie offers him that Haitian stuff, he's like, whatever, I'm dead anyway.
1: (laughs) Just down it. He says it tastes like shit. I'm like, do any drugs taste good? Probably not. I mean, some alcohol does, but... But that's not to say. And I guess there... I mean, there might be some tobacco, like, some flavored tobacco that might be okay. Oh,
0: yeah, when... That's why they took away, um flavored vapes because apparently people feel that if you're going to take a drug it must taste like drug
1: (laughs) you gotta know you're taking the drug
0: no more mint cotton candy vapes it must taste like robotussum. that's right it just just tastes
1: like tastes like tobacco and nicotine taste taste the nicotine
0: it must taste like death And so he shows up at the shirt factory, and Kayla was dead.
1: Apparently, uh, Carlito's boys have uh, decided that uh, he needs to be off the street now, and... uh, Because he's going on this fucking rampage.
0: Yep. So he, um... And also, Eve shows up now, just takes an elevator, and pops
1: on into this scene. Well, I mean, he did say where he was going. Yeah. So she looked it up and followed them, presumably.
0: And so she sees that, indeed, he actually is a hitman. And he takes her... And now
1: she's super into it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) In fact, she tells one of the people in the shirt factory, don't talk to him like that. My boyfriend kills people. Right. And so they leave. I have a note here of I hate Eve. (laughs) Her. <laughs> they get into a car, and he's like, "Oh, I'm slowing down." And her solution is Roadhead.
1: While being chased in a gunfight, yeah, he's in a Glorious.
0: gunfight, and she's giving him Roadhead. But then she—that's—that's st-
1: that's true love.
0: And then she stops, and he's like, oh What?" And she's like, "What? So you can fall asleep like you always do?"
1: Yeah, well, because if he falls asleep, he dies. To be fair.
0: And so the doctor has now come back to LA. Yep,
1: yeah, he's made it back from Vegas. And he's
0: in his apartment, and he's got this girl named Chocolate.
1: Yeah, who earlier claimed that uh, she was his. <laughs> as he calls her. The uh, reception service, or whatever that was. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, because she's the answering service.
1: Yeah, the answering service just. Dwight Yoakum's girlfriend or whatever she is
0: and um he's like giving her shit about some bill like why do I have that $254 receipt for some place she goes because
1: yeah essentially
0: and so the doctor does some doctor magic um does not cure him because there is no cure for this but he's come up with this clever solution of using an insulin pump to pump ephedrine.
1: Yeah, just to keep him going a little longer.
0: Yeah, like this is not a permanent solution, but you'll, you'll live long enough to go kill Verona.
1: But he goes, the doctor goes, hey, you know, I can just dope you up and assisted suicide shoes so you don't go out. Painfully.
0: Yeah, and he tells the doctor, and I wrote down the quote. No, no, the doctor says, let me load you up with something and let you go out like Wolverine. Yeah. So, he goes to see Carlito and Verona at this top of this building where they have a bunch of women in spheres just hanging out, just big balls of women.
1: Also, there's... Projections of turtles fucking in the bathroom. Yeah. That's a weird place.
0: Yeah, and just women in these spheres. They're not like even in a pool. They're just these women in
1: spheres. It's so fucking weird. It's like, what decade is this? Like, that's some 70s shit right there.
0: And they're like, oh, well, if the drug didn't kill you, I guess, I guess we'll kill you now. And he pulls out a fucking finger gun. Just points his finger. Yep. And they're like, oh, man, he's lost it. He's on so many drugs right now. Yeah. And he goes bang with the finger gun and suddenly fucking Carlito shot in the head. Or was it one of his dudes? I think it was
1: one of his dudes.
0: And surprise, Don Kim and his gang are there.
1: They've come to repay uh, their debt, I guess.
0: Yeah, so there's this huge gunfight going on and it's just absolute chaos in this scene.
1: Meanwhile, the news is like we're bringing uncensored footage. I'm like, oh, that's gonna go well. Yeah,
0: uncensored footage of the man who's been rampaging through Los Angeles today
1: with his. And so they're having this crazy gunfight, and then they go back to the reporter who's just like shocked and, yeah, uh, I've done fucked up.
0: <laughs> One of the girls gets shot in her sphere, and it's just like big old blood covered, you know, blood filled. Balloon
1: now. <laughs> dude gets... Dude gets blown up by a grenade. Yeah. no, Almost kills Carlito, but Carlito falls on the... Calls on the... Pushes him down. Thanks, boss. And then he explodes. He
0: pushes the, the guy onto the grenade. <laughs> yeah. um, It's all this desperate last stand. Verona manages to inject more of that
1: Chinese shit into Statham. Because that's going to do anything.
0: Yeah. And we get this fucking helicopter.
1: Yeah, Verona kills Carlito because... To show that he's the boss and he's not anybody's bitch, I guess. To show that he's not gay. Yeah, something like that. So now we have a helicopter fight with uh, Chev and, and Verona.
0: Yeah, they're flying around in this helicopter fighting. And... They both fall.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this is the problem of fighting someone who actually is just going to die. is he'll just take you with him. Yeah, that's exactly what he does. And that is exactly what he, he does. He does kill Verona mid-air,
0: though, during the fall.
1: He does choke him out he mid-air. He chokes him out mid-air. Present.
0: And as he's fallen, he takes out his phone and he calls Eve to say, hey, I love you. You know, goodbye.
1: And then he smacks into the ground. Well, he hits a car. He hits a car
0: and bounces off and is most thoroughly assuredly dead. The man fell from like 10,000 feet onto a car. You think. Yeah, you think, but there's a sequel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, his heart beats at the end. I'm like, okay, somehow he survives. I have no idea, but he does
0: yeah uh, they probably explained it in the sequel that, like, oh, you had so much drug
1: in you. I mean, people have fallen from massive heights and survived. not that massive but, though well, I mean, there's a terminal velocity though i don't I don't know what the highest point someone has fallen. I don't know what the height terminal velocity hits,
0: but I'm not gonna look up the terminal velocity for a human. I'm gonna put get put on some watch list.
1: Any object falling through will have an acceleration of nine point eight meters per second squared.
0: Yeah, but what, what what kind of force are we looking at when you hit the bottom?
1: Uh, so fifteen hundred feet is the terminal velocity. So as soon as you hit, as soon as you fall fifteen hundred feet, you've hit. So it doesn't matter if you fall fifteen hundred feet or a hundred thousand feet; you're still going to be at the same the same rate speed.
0: Um, well, also, Statham's a pretty beefy guy. He's probably picking up a lot of wind resistance.
1: (laughs) True. Let's see. Oh, well, uh, Vesna Volacek was a Serbian flight attendant who fell 33,000 feet and survived.
0: How? Did he? That's a good question. Did did he fall into a, a... Pillows? What the hell? I'm going to look that up after this.
1: She suffered a fractured skull, three broken vertebrae, broken legs, broken ribs, and a fractured pelvis. Did she live for two seconds and they
0: counted that as a win?
1: Uh, spent days in a coma, was hospitalized for several months. She was temporarily paralyzed from the waist down and has made, al- and made almost a complete recovery but continued to walk with a limp.
0: And how does a flight attendant fall? <laughs>
1: um, she's a Serbian... A uh, sole survivor of a briefcase bomb exploding in a baggage compartment in 1972.
0: Oh, okay. So the, the, the bomb went off. Yugoslav
1: up. authorities can, yeah, Yugoslav authorities think that it was a Croatian nationalists that set off the bomb. So, she does not know anything. She has, she had amnesia, which probably is... Her position within the aircraft at the time of the explosion, she was in the rear of the plane, the food cart when the fuselage broke apart. Pinned to the car, small section. She was then fell to the ground on the heavily wooded, snow-covered hillside.
0: Oh, so she didn't just free fall out. She was in a chunk of plane.
1: Yeah. Oh. Okay. So there were there were other things. Nose parachute, highest falls survived. Let me see. Other. We had someone two thousand nine survived from six thousand feet. Several from 10... so people do survive
0: these. Okay. It's very, very, uh,
1: rare. Uh, somebody survived only with a sprained leg following 18,000 feet. All right. Bizarre. So, so what I'm saying is it is technically, technically possible to survive a fall of that height. How? And it is extremely rare, but we are talking about an action movie here. So, but it is actually physically possible to survive that.
0: So apparently in Crank 2, um. Uh, he lives. I'm not even going to go look at the, the thing for why. I'm just looking at the cast. Ephron yeah, yeah. Ramirez is yeah. back in this movie.
1: Yeah, he plays. I haven't seen it, but I was reading the synopsis. He plays Kalos' like twin brother or cousin or oh, something. Oh,
0: okay. Know. Basically. And David Carradine
1: is. He's basically. In it. It, oh, I did. Yeah, so that's a that's a thing. All right. I've. Di- no idea if I want to watch this movie or not but uh, this movie is awesome
0: <laughs> it is thrilling it doesn't stop at all it really lives up to its own height
1: yeah, it is balls to the walls the entire entire movie and it's got a lot of style for the same reasons I like a lot of other Jason Stata movies it's got that like it's got that like Guy Ritchie, Matthew Vaughn like just oozing style sort of thing.
0: Okay, I read a, a section of the uh, synopsis of Crank 2 Yeah, where reveals that Ricky Verona's disembodied head is being artificially kept alive.
1: Yep. It goes like full fucking uh, full fucking uh, what's that? Um, oh, like, Fast and the Furious, basically.
0: Yeah, like... Oh, the,
1: Where it's just like, at some point, it's just like, nothing's crazy enough anymore.
0: Yeah, does he go to space? I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Oh, they're saying that for Crank 3, probably.
0: There's a character named Poon Dong. That's right.
1: Yes, there is.
0: That movie sounds even more insane than this, and this movie was pretty fucking <laughs> insane.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, my background with this movie—I saw this the uh, weekend it came out in theaters, and uh, it was my birthday weekend. And there were two movies out that weekend, so I did a double feature. The first one I watched was the Nicholas Cage. <laughs> w- wicker Oh, back. we're doing
0: that soon.
1: No, <laughs> and then this one. So that was my double feature. Um. Uh, yeah, I
0: first watched some of this back when we worked together and they would play that T
1: V on mute every Saturday. Oh yeah. But so <laughs> our when Michael Lawson goes, I came up to work, saw some titties. Yeah, they had Crank on there and it's like, What? <laughs> well we had Gamer on too, oh, didn't he didn't they also direct Gamer?
0: No, somebody else directed Gamer.
1: Really? I thought that's what I thought of it. Maybe it was some other or maybe it was the guy who did the next movie we're gonna cover. Oh, you know, it could be.
0: 2000, not, not the Serbian. <laughs> Ukrainian.
1: Oh, yeah! This is, uh, Mark Deppeldean and Brian Taylor. Oh, wow!
0: They did direct this. It is the same people. Why did it? Oh, no, oh, I just skipped that. They also, well, they didn't direct Jonah Hex. They wrote Jonah Hex.
1: I've heard that's pretty trash.
0: Yeah, so apparently at work that day they did a Neville Dean Taylor double feature with Crank and Gamer.
1: Yes. Gamer. Showed at work today, saw some titties.
0: And I um I didn't actually sit down and watch the movie until this week.
1: Oh, this is your first uh, first full watch, yes.
0: Yeah. I love this movie. I mean I knew the premise and I knew that at one point Statham had sex with Amy Smart in the middle of the street, but now I got to see the whole movie, and it was exciting. It was thrilling. It definitely is action exploitation.
1: It is the most action-y of action movies ever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is, because that's the entire point of that movie.
1: Yeah, the plot is extremely loose. You don't really care about any of the characters, even if you find some of them amusing. It's literally just to keep the, the plot going, to keep the, the adrenaline going, the action going. Yeah, because nothing in the movie makes sense story-wise. <laughs> no, don't, don't think about the story. But it is a fun movie. Oh, yeah, it's super irritating. Jason Statham has this ability to carry movies that otherwise probably shouldn't be good. Yeah. Because he has this, like... He's got that, like, tough guy action look, but he's also got that dry British sense of humor. So he can, like, combine the two (laughs) together. And it just works.
0: Any final thoughts on Crank?
1: I love this movie. Watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah. It's glorious. It's super entertaining. I
0: watched it on Hulu. Uh,
1: What did I... I think I watched it on Hulu as well. But, yeah. That sounds right.
0: That was our episode on Crank. Hope you enjoyed it. Big special thanks to Charlie McMullen, William Wright, and Martha Page for recording the advertisements heard in this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, com. Follow us on Twitter, at Podcast Exploit. Or on Instagram at Podcast, or contact us at ExploitedPodcast at gmail.com. So we've got our bonus episode with The Meg, which is Jason Statham and Sharksploitation. Yeah. And next week we're doing a Halloween movie. Indeed. We will catch you then. Sacky commercial, it
1: always gives me fun.